1968 version of Romeo and Juliet directed by Franco Zeffirelli. It was a hit. It was nominated for four Academy Awards. And I recall vividly someone wheeling a TV into our English class. And I think I would have been in uh, early, maybe grade nine, maybe even grade eight. But I remember uh, vividly the bedroom scene. Leonard uh, Whiting, who was the actor, he was Romeo, uh, stood up, got out of bed, and there, boom, it was. Bare buttocks. And you're like, whoa, this is English class. Is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? That wasn't the only thing that was shown. Olivia Hussey's bare breasts were also out in the open. She was 15. He was 16. And on Friday, Hussey and Whiting, who are now in their 70s, filed a lawsuit in Santa Monica Superior Court accusing Paramount of sexually exploiting them and distributing nude images of adolescent children. They're seeking damages believed to be in excess of $500 million. Now, that sounds like a big number, but this could set precedent moving forward for future cases. Ida O'Brien is an intimacy coordinator, author of the Intimacy on Set Guidelines. She's worked on numerous films and has been on the Kelly Contreras show in the past, and I'm so happy to welcome her back. Ida, it's great to have you back. Hi, Kelly. Thank you very much for asking me. Let's talk about how abnormal this situation was uh, with this Franco Zeffirelli film, the Romeo and Juliet film, as it relates to the actors and their nudity and sex scenes and how they were handled on the pa- in the past. Was this abnormal? Unfortunately, no. Um, whenever I run one of my workshops, I always start with asking when um, practitioners have engaged with intimate content when it's been done well. And then when it hasn't been done well and nearly everybody has an experience or a story of, you know, when the intimate content hasn't been dealt with through a professional process and has left um, performers and or directors and DOPs feeling compromised or awkward. So this is before the intimacy guidelines, unfortunately, without a professional structure, the intimate content just wasn't able to be done in a really open and professional way. So what you had to depend on is people like Zeffirelli, who were the best in the business. You're a 15 and 16 year old. You're virtually unknown. Uh, You are going to play Romeo and Juliet. You're assured that there's no nudity in the film. Then uh, when time comes, they're like, oh, my God, you've got to do a bedroom scene. Could you wear flesh colored undergarments in the bedroom scene? And then apparently right in the final days of shooting, Zeffirelli goes back to them and says, you know what? We're just going to do body makeup and don't worry, none of the nudity will really be shown. And if you don't do this, the picture could possibly fail. They were put in this position where I don't know if they could say no. So absolutely. Obviously, I can't speak to their experience um, or to what they're alleging. But what I can speak to is that what we're looking at putting in place or is being put in place with the intimacy on set guidelines and the role of the intimacy coordinator is that there are no surprises, that those uh, the open conversation is had, and particularly if you're working with children, um, then you're also, as a practitioner, we're also working with their parent or guardian. So that open communication has happened, is happening with the producers, with the directors, hearing their vision. Very often when working with children, making storyboards is a very important part of that because, of course, it's a body dance. And uh, and in that place, you could describe what's wanted. But of course, it's also not just what the choreography might be, but what the nudity might be and then where the camera angles are that might make a scene being um, very acceptable to someone or might make it very vulnerable and compromising. So all of that preparation, all of that open communication, the use of storyboards, going to the child's parent or guardian, 
having those clear conversations, helping the, um, with the support of the parent or guardian and having those open conversations, being guided by the parent or guardian in how to speak to each child and then making sure that the agreement and consent is put in place so that by the time you get to set, everybody knows what's going to happen. Everybody's comfortable, is an agreement and consent. And then we can work openly, creatively, making the best scene possible with the agreement of touch, nudity and simulated sexual content that is, is within the professional parameters for everybody. We're talking with Ida O'Brien, who's an intimacy coordinator, author of the Intimacy on Set Guidelines. And these are very real, important conversations to have before you even hit the set. As you mentioned, storyboards, not everybody's familiar with a storyboard, but it's basically almost if you think of it as, uh, you know, each shot is represented sort of like a comic book. And so you can see where the angle's going to be. How often do do the camera angles change when you're on set? And as an intimacy coordinator... How, do you have to stop everything down when a director says, you know what, I don't like this shot, like it's not working for me today or a DOP? Can Do you stop down in the middle of things and then have those conversations again? So absolutely. So once the role of the intimacy coordinator and that intention to work with best practice and you've established the open conversation, those kind of creative conversations can absolutely carry on into the working day on set and to new ideas coming and to different camera angles. But what you are working with is that nothing is done without um, agreement and consent. If camera angles change, then you're making sure that it is still honouring the requirements of the the performers um, and making sure that nothing's done that's that's that might be compromising. Um, and another is there a written part, contract? Um, yes, absolutely. So so when we have um, you know nudity and simulated sexual content. Then we also work with um, a nudity and simulated sex waiver so that the the choreography is written down, the agreement of of um of nudity and simulated sexual content is written down and signed off. So of course, if you're working with um with children, again, the um the role of the parent or guardian is absolutely paramount in them supporting and being part of that creative process in that agreement and consent and as i said every child is different you could have a 15 year old who is incredibly worldly wise you could also have a 15 year old who is incredibly naive and, and innocent and again so that's why it's so important that it's not one size fits all it's putting in place a professional process so those conversations are had and each person each professional is dealt with in the way that they need to be treated but fundamentally that that but the agreement and consent is is known by everybody and it is honoured and respected so that when they come to perform, there's no surprises and you're not having someone coerced in the last minute to doing something that then might be outside of their agreement and consent. Yeah, I can't be- imagine being if what they're alleging is true, these two actors from Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, if what they're alleging is true, that Zeffirelli basically said, look, we got to do a nude scene. You got to do it with... Uh, body makeup, not with the uh, undergarments that are flesh colored, because otherwise the film will fail. That's a lot to put on a teenager's shoulders. Um, and in, in fact, they they're saying 500 million because they didn't get much work afterwards, even though they were heralded as, you know, it was a, a beautiful performance. Uh, is this going to set precedent, do you think? So obviously, again, I, you know, I can't speak to this. What I can say is that for anybody who feels that they have been abused and and their boundaries have been overstepped in some way. It is an incredibly um, brave thing to come forward and and to 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 bring the, those the, those abuses into the open. So for anybody. 
that that you know that feels that you know that has had an experience in their workplace where abuses have happened you know I honor anybody who comes forward because it's an incredibly challenging thing to do and of course you know I can't comment on on their experience or the journey that this might take in the industry but what it is is um, important is that it is raising just as we're having this conversation we're raising the importance of you know the clear open communication transparency putting in place agreement and consent and clear choreography into the industry through the intimacy guidelines through the role of the intimacy practitioner so that we can all work more openly more creatively with joy and you know with with clearer storytelling um to create better intimate stories and telling telling our intimate you know loving in in our art in a really good way and that's you know so this this very conversation is so important that we're having and that's why I really thank you for inviting me on and I really honor um Olivia and Leonard's bravery in coming forward I really uh, want to thank you, Ida. It's always an interesting conversation when you, we have you on the Kelly Cotrera Show. Thank you for your time. Uh, you've been brilliant once again. Thank you so much, Kelly.